0: Good morning, everybody. Pete Woods here for Boulder Climbing Beyond the Walls interview series. Uh, today I'm going to be chatting with 2019 Swiss overall champion, 2016 overall bouldering champion, lead climber, boulderer, ice climber, speed climber, <laughs> future Olympian, Petra Klingler. Uh, Petra, thanks for coming, hanging out with us. How are you doing this morning?
1: Uh, well, it's my afternoon already, <laughs> but I had a really successful day up till now. Really nice. We have beautiful weather outside. So, yeah. I'm enjoying my time.
0: That's great. I mean, we are in this sort of uncharted territory of I can't believe I have to stay home. And uh, are you like settling into it? Is it still a bit weird for you?
1: Um, I mean, it's still a bit weird. You're not just going outside um, without thinking of it, or it's like a something you talk with everybody. So it's still here, but at the same time, I kind of got into a routine I'm lucky to have uh, three roommates, so I'm not alone. I really enjoy that, that I just can hang out with them, have some time with them. We play a lot of card games, do other stuff. Yeah, I'm actually enjoying to have the opportunity to have the time to spend with them, so.
0: (laughs) Right, so we're we're almost forced to have this, um, a little bit of a slowdown and a reflection and Mm -hmm. people have, you know, are suddenly talking about all the time they're spending with their families or their friends or their roommates. And now you're normally you're at the gym four or five, six nights a week. And all of a sudden you have all this time. People are baking, people are like painting. So it's this sort of, you've got this moment to maybe have a bit of a mental refresh, especially I can imagine in the the grind of training and competing. Um, you know, you, a little forced break is, I mean, it's not the best thing, but it's not the worst thing.
1: No, not at all. I mean, Jerry. January- till March was really stressful. A lot of training, hard trainings. Um, And actually I really enjoyed this one week afterwards, just in shutdown, recovering and um, for once sleeping enough, (laughs) no stress at all. And yeah, as you said, it's like, I started cooking a lot, baking. I mean, I love baking. I did start painting a little bit as well. Not my strength for sure, but still. And um, yeah, suddenly you have time for other stuff. I mean, I basically do more stretching and more like general body stuff than I used to do before. So I use my time now to work on maybe a little bit points. I'm weak points of mine. and you have a lot of time to spend with yourself and think about yourself and what you want and what to do. And it, it's easy in everyday life or work life to kind of escape these thoughts. And now you're kind of your forced to spend time with yourself and be creative, which I think is really healthy for a lot of us.
0: Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I, I think that that um, the mindfulness, as you say, you're forced to spend time with yourself. And maybe it's about having time to look at goals or time to look at, you know, what is making you happy, or What do you want to do with your time? And am I doing something just because that's my routine? And so I think that's a really good point is we should be looking at it in that, look for the positive side of it, which is, hey, spending time with yourself isn't the worst thing in the world. You know, that's how we get better. You know, I was uh, even just talking to Kyra last week, she was saying that, you know, working with a small psychologist, just somebody that lets you into different ways to think about how your brain works and it maybe that's going to make you a better competitor or maybe it's just going to make you happier overall which is I mean that's there's no disadvantage to being a little bit happier
1: no 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 and I definitely agree because I think also you have to learn again or for example as a child you spend so much time just playing around and one day goes over that fast, and I feel like a lot of people have trouble finding things to do, not getting bored, mm-hmm. except watching Netflix. But <laughs> now they're <laughs> uh, now they're like forced to think about all these things. And as you said, maybe they find something they really love, they they like doing. If even if it's just going outside a little bit for a walk on your, yeah, on your own, unfortunately, but at least we still can go outside, and as I said, the the weather in the last couple of weeks has been brilliant, like sunshine a whole day long, it's getting warm, and people go outside, for the children, it's perfect, they love seeing the children outside, playing, hearing them, and before, yeah, before the shutdown, they probably were just inside, or at school, and then inside, in front of TV or something
0: yeah or you now were
1: they get bored of TV <laughs> and
0: suddenly wow! imagine being bored of TV right and you know or yeah. your your schedule puts you in a place where maybe you're always coming and going when it's getting dark and you know you're missing that window when you're mm-hmm. out running around the same I see you know I'm working from home I'm sitting in front of my front window and I I see kids and dogs like all day people are just sort of you know taking a little bit of time to get some fresh air so it's good Um. so you live in Bonstetten, yeah. uh, in like in the north of Switzerland
1: Well, I'm, at the moment, I live in Bern, or like both, Bonstetten and Bern. So now, right now, I'm in Bern, where I have a a room in a flat with uh, my roommates. And I actually moved here because of my studies. So I studied uh, at the University of Bern um, sports and psychology, and kind of just, Everything came together really well here with my coach, with the team and the team training center that I decided to stay here. But at the same time, I still train in Zurich and I have my room at my parents' place in Bonstetten. So yeah, I have the advantage to have both.
0: <laughs> nice. And um you have been... On podiums since like 2004, um, and that's way back in your youth days. Uh, how like how did you get introduced to climbing? How old were you? Like where did you? How did you come across climbing? And how did you take to it and get you know? I'm um, quite successful. You know, fairly soon I would imagine.
1: <laughs> well, I guess um, I can't actually say I don't know a life without climbing. Because my parents are climbing, or climbers, my grandparents were climbing. So I grew up with climbing. We spent our weekends outdoors, yeah, in, in in the mountains. And my parents and grandparents, they were climbing. And normally, or when we were younger, normally my grandma or my mom would watch over me and my brother. We were playing at the, the river or the, like little stream. Um, And then at noon, they all came back, we had lunch together, made a fire, and then the other three went climbing. So at some point, they just started climbing as well, but I can't remember when it was or where it was.
0: That's kind Um, of amazing to to have that. And I know a few of my friends who have kids, I remember when they were like one year old, having them at the crag and like slinging them up and just sort of hoisting them around and um, you're just around it and at some point you grab something and you know when you look back it's seamless
1: yeah and you I mean you you stagger around all on the rocks down beneath the, the roots anyway. So as soon as you can walk you or even before you can walk probably you're you're climbing
0: that's really cool so what was the what made that decision to go to compete? Because when you're, when you grew up in a place where there's climbing outside all the time, climbing in a gym is not necessarily, uh, the, the obvious transition. So what was that trigger that made you think that, you know, competing might be fun or, you know?
1: Um, well, I did start horseback riding in the meantime, and because I actually didn't really like climbing that much. Um, but actually, or I think now, mainly because it was with my parents. So I had to go with my parents. They were deciding where we were going, what we were doing. And I, we, we always did multi pitches. And um, normally you just have to walk for one or two hours to get there. And then you climb a couple of hours and then walk back again. And as a, as a child, I, I really didn't like walking.
0: I don't like it. And as an adult, I don't like it. So I'm with you. <laughs>
1: No, now it's okay. Not too long, but yeah. So <laughs> I guess it's because of that that I was looking for some other sports, but never gave up climbing. And at some point, actually, it was my brother starting climbing in a in a climbing group at the climbing gym. And because my mom had to drive him, I also had to go with them. And my mom just believed me a little bit next to it, and we were doing our stuff where I was able to just sit there and do play around whatever I wanted. Um, But of course, if my brother wanted, was in the group, I wanted to go to the group. (laughs) And yeah, so it's kind of started the whole indoor climbing. And with that, also the competition climbing, because yeah, the local gym I climbed in, um, they had a competition. And so my mom, she inscribed me there. And I guess it's, there where I realized um that I love competing and love trying to be the best.
0: And that's an it's an important piece of the puzzle because lots of people climb and lots of people climb indoors and lots of people compete a little bit. And then there's this like, sort of very small group of the elite climbers that all the things come together and say, Wait a minute, I do I am good at this all of a sudden and I like being good at it. And mm-hmm this has kicked up that competitive spirit that maybe didn't show up in other sports, or maybe it did, and then you just, you discover that climbing is the, the one that's more interesting. And like I said, you were you were winning comps basically from junior categories all the way up through uh, Youth World Championships, Swiss Championships, and then um, you made that transition into the open level when you were still a junior. How was that? Like, How was that your first World Cup compared to your sort of youth world championships is it how is that how do they compare in terms of sort of pressure and
1: I mean it was uh crazy (laughs) um my first world cup um was was in Laval no it was Austria Hall yeah Boulder World Cup and for me it was special or especially special because before that in and when i did youth comps <laughs> long time ago a long time i ago. didn't have any boulder youth competitions mm-hmm. and um i was never i never won a european cup so i always was kind of stronger in bouldering but we never trained it. So, because it was all about league climbing, um, climbing and I loved league climbing and still do love league climbing, but to do a world cup for the first time or if, yeah, in bouldering was crazy because you couldn't know what, what to expect. Right. And um, I remember I was nervous, but I was excited because I knew, I mean, I didn't have to perform. You go there, you see, you have fun. You're with the with the big guys, all the adult climbers, and like Cedric Lasha, Alexandra Ayer, Mina Capretz. They all were there, and like these big names. You're, yeah, you looked up to them all the time, and suddenly you were competing with them, which is quite exciting. And I,
0: I can I can only imagine what that would be like to be able to say, you know, exactly that. These are people that I watched and looked up to and now you're sort of sitting on the mat going maybe i'm gonna uh maybe I'm gonna take a shot here one day
1: yeah yeah and I, I really remembered in one moment running out on the mats for the first boulder like super excited i i saw straight away that it was a, a kind of slab dino but old school dino <laughs> so two hands two two hands <laughs> two hands and two feet yeah like
0: a proper dino
1: proper dino Simple and easy, but not so easy because it was already there, like kind of smeary foothold. Um, and after I don't know how many tries, I managed to do the dino and actually topped the first boulder in the, I think, last second. But it was crazy. And after that, I can't remember anything anymore. It was just like mind blown. And I actually ended up on the 33rd place or something. So pretty good already. And after that, I remember telling my coach that I want to do semifinals. And so I kept on doing competitions after competitions. And I think one year later, I did my first semifinal.
0: That's awesome. And I mean, that's a pretty quick arc too. I mean, there's a lot of competitions in that sort of season to season, but that I mean how does that not solidify the drive to top a world cup boulder in your first competition and I can't imagine the crowd must've been going crazy and as you say like, you don't remember anything else because that's the adrenaline and that's the blur yeah. and I mean you might have fallen off the first move of every other boulder and it wouldn't matter because that I mean no, that really
1: planted the, first the seed boulder of, that was pretty special
0: yeah. yeah that's the one and it's pretty cool that you've you've stayed with it and you've been successful i mean you're a 2016 overall champion you mentioned climbing with some of your idols. Um, I think you've climbed now in the era of Anastor, um, Akio, and now climbers like Yanya. And I mean, some of those climbers looked up to, you know, some of this younger generation looked up to you and would say that they're lucky to climb with you. Um, so what do you see in that next generation of climbers that are sort of coming up now and and biting at the heels and getting on podiums? I
1: mean, they're so full of energy. It's, it's, really a big motivation also for me because seeing them coming in the competition without any fear doing these triple dynos coordination moves without any thought or any fear of falling or the, the the possibility of injuring yourself and um it's really it's exciting for me to see and the whole de- the the whole development of climbing the last 20 years it's insane and it gives me a lot of motivation and seeing also younger kids like six-year-old kids now climbing going crazy in the climbing gyms and in some of them I really see myself and this passion for climbing not thinking about doing it or winning but actually just moving climbing playing around and that is it's really nice to see
0: And I think that's it's it's interesting that you said playing around and moving because those are I mean those are the core things and when you're young, that's what keeps you interested is you you discover this sport that's not soccer football hockey baseball all of those other things that are very kind of mechanical and specific, you know a baseball swing is a baseball swing and you got to get it right. Climbing is so open to that find a way to move um, that gives you success in this environment and. And it's that's the same no matter what i mean as we say like old school bouldering and um i mean i remember everything was just tiny little crimps and they just got farther <laughs> and farther away and if you could pop between tiny crimps and you were going to top boulders and now um, i go in the gym after somebody sets a, a sideways coordination dino and i just turn around and look for something else so but it's still moving <laughs> so even if i mean a kid's climbing now they're still getting that you know that's their that's their introduction is, oh, I'm moving in a way that I wasn't used to. And I think that's really cool. And as you say, now you're inspired watching them. So like longevity in a world cup climbing career isn't, it's not uncommon, but it's not super common. So you've been, you've gone from being overall bouldering champion in 2016 and now um, Swiss champion in 2019 again. have you had a resurgence? Are you training differently at all? Or are you just, you still have a fire and you're still really good at climbing?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I definitely still have the fire for sure. Um, yeah, it's it's not just like a passion for climbing, but also for training. Mm. Um, and for sure, when I was younger, it was mainly about as I said, lead climbing, a lot of endurance training, a lot of routes, um, and then with time we started training more specific. I remember the first time I was allowed to go on the campus board I was like, uh,
0: wow, <laughs> a big deal, right? You're like, yeah. you you are this tall, you may now get on the ride.
1: Exactly, you're like now you you can start training, <laughs> and then uh, yeah, it, it's kind of that. The whole development of me growing up with the climbing with climbing growing in general from having a coach who was barely older than i was to a coach being actually a hundred percent coach and nothing else um it's quite quite a step and also the level is getting higher you have to go further so no my training hasn't stayed the same <laughs> my training yeah. is adapting every year um also with with time I feel like I have learned a lot about myself and how I train how I like to train and how or what works best for me but still we're always trying to get new things, keep in training interesting as well. And I mean, you have so many different theories and ideas and possibilities to train. You're not able to try all of them. So you have to stick with the ones you know work, but kind of be open enough for new ideas, new challenges, which makes training also really interesting.
0: Yeah, you're right. When when you're, if you sort of put your head on and you keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, um, even if it gave you success a couple of years ago, and someone brings you a new idea, you have to be open to that. Okay, what what might this do for me? And if that, as you say, now becomes interesting again, instead of just oh my goodness, I can't believe I've been doing the same thing in the gym for the last 15 years. Um, I mean, that gets old pretty quick. So it's uh, it is really important to have that open mindset about saying something new might come along and let's you know, peek over the fence and see what other people are doing and trust yeah. your coaches and, and trust the system in some I way. I think the
1: trust is the most important. I mean, I'm not listening to just everyone. I mean, I have a lot of people kind of telling me what would be good. Um, but in the end, uh, it's always, I trust my coach. I have the the right kind of, or I find it really nice that I can talk a lot, or decide a lot what my training is concerned as well. And I mean, it's hard when, when do you change something which has worked? Right. That's a hard thing, kind of, you have to keep the good things, but yeah, be open for new, but when, what if you change to something worse? So it's or what if you hard. change something in the middle
0: of a season and all of a sudden yeah. you're like, Oh my, like, that's a disaster. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that's kind of the hard thing. And there's the, the most important thing is to have someone you trust. And that's my coach. And if he says he's convinced that I kind of basically would do anything.
0: Yeah. I think it's really cool that you've got that. And I think most now most professional climbers have uh, a, a dedicated coach that's giving them that kind of direction and advice and support. But what so imagine back to when you started and when a lot of people started and even some open climbers now that don't have full time coaches. I mean, sort of in the Canadian Federation Canada's huge. And there is like a dedicated team, but the the national team members are spread across the country. So they're only at camps or have sort of tangible access to a coach. Uh, a handful of times a year, other than calls and emails and stuff. So, what kind? What advice would you give to somebody who's just getting into getting serious about competing? Like, what? What are some of the? Just one or two of those real, and this is this is how you stay driven and stay involved, and this is how you get good. Because, I mean, you must you're a wealth of knowledge. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think we could probably talk for an hour about the advice you would give. But just kind of, what's that one? What would you tell somebody?
1: I would say don't be afraid to ask because there are a lot of people with a lot of knowledge about climbing and um also for me I I didn't know everything I still don't know everything so the thing I can do is ask try and then decide if I believe in it or not or if it helps or not but at this point you have to be honest with yourself because just because you don't like doing something doesn't mean that it's not good (laughs) so it's kind of the the hard thing you have to really be honest with yourself if it makes sense to do it if it helps you get stronger or not
0: i think that is excellent advice and if you are a a younger newer competitor that is fantastic advice be curious ask the questions listen and then you're right, you have to be honest with yourself. That, man, there are lots of things that you need to do to get good and get strong at climbing that you might not want to do. And I tell people all the time I, that climbing is fun and training is fun, but training is work. And there are aspects of training that are not, like if you're going into the yeah. gym, and all your friends are having a session and you came into the gym to do a hangboard session and lift some weights and go home and you're watching people send the new boulders on the pro, and you're like, I, this is not Hard. fun. What I'm doing isn't fun. Yeah.
1: But at the same time, at this moment, you know you're doing the right thing because because you would like or almost prefer going to go bouldering, it shows you that you actually love bouldering. So you're at least at the right sport, at the right space. And once you're going home after your hangboard session, you will be happy because the next time you have new boulders.
0: Absolutely well said. That is, I mean, that is perfect advice. So take that to the bank. You climb ice as well. Like, I think it's so interesting. Like there are a few climbers that do uh, sort of before we we had the Olympic format, there was a few climbers that did bouldering and lead uh, to great success. And now there's a few climbers that do all three to sort of medium success. I don't know that I know of anyone else in the World Cup history since I've been watching, which goes back, we're not going to say how many years, that does ice climbing at that level as well. So, you, you probably don't, but do you have a preferred discipline? What do you, when you're like, I'm gonna go and compete, what are you most excited for out of all of those disciplines?
1: It's a hard question. But I think for competitions, it's bouldering. Yeah, yes. for sure. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Training is something else. I love training all three discipline or all four disciplines, but for competitions, I really, I just like the hang of bouldering and the, the, this, this excitement.
0: Um, are you going to go back to ice climbing in maybe next winter or is that sort of a post-Olympic or?
1: I, I don't know. <laughs> um, I'll definitely get back to ice climbing. I would love to at least um but also this season and probably next season it's just hard to to chuckle all competitions and at some point I also have to train so <laughs> time is uh limited um but I love the ice climbing I love the ice climbing scene and the the, the family behind it so I think I will probably be back at some point.
0: Probably, yeah, I think that's probably right. I mean, you, you, everything that you talk about at climbing, you still have this light behind your eyes. It's like, yeah, I still like doing that. That's still a lot of fun. Um, so you, you must have other hobbies. I mean, do you, like, what do you do when you're not? I mean, it's not a lot of time that you're not climbing, as you're saying <laughs> right? you're spending a lot of time training. And um, what, do you, what do you like to do when you're not climbing?
1: When I'm not climbing, I, I really like to cook. So, yeah, baking, cooking is kind of my second hobby. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, I love other sports. Like, I'm excited about all kinds of sports. Um, if it's biking, volleyball, gymnastics, I'm up for everything. I like
0: if someone's like, hey, do you want to go do A? You're saying, yep, is it outside yep. and I get to run around? I'm yeah. in. And then, sure,
1: if I'm still competing, I always have kind of, in mind that I shouldn't get injured. But other than that, I'm in all in for sports.
0: That's awesome. And you so you said you you've got a university degree, are you working now while in anything or are you full time athlete? And do you have sort of career aspirations on the other side of your World Cup career?
1: I am working at the moment. Um, I work for the Swiss international airlines Um, oh that's
0: right i did see that yeah
1: (laughs) um in marketing so um yeah it's a 50 percent um work agreement but with a like it's kind of a special deal for athletes so i can work less throughout the season and then work more after the season and kind of struggle both to have both
0: yeah <laughs> that's that's a nice to have that opportunity because i mean yeah, I don't, not everybody has that
1: no it's really i really appreciate it and it's also or it was thought <laughs> to have like i started one year before the olympics and then i would have two years after the olympics so the first year i could really reduce work and then kind of work more
0: Okay. That's really good. That's a nice setup. And do you, are you interested in getting into sports psychology, you know, afterwards or?
1: I'm actually not sure. I mean, it's a super interesting area and I love it. Um, I'm just also interested in so many other things <laughs> and I enjoy working in, in marketing. So I'll see where it takes me. Maybe I'll go back to university, make another degree, maybe I'll keep uh, organizing events and doing other cool stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean I'm open.
0: I think that uh, it seems yeah. to follow your personality along, is that you're you're still, hey, I'm I'm listening to people, I'm asking the questions, I'm taking things as they float by and maybe I I mean, never thought about being in marketing and you know what? This marketing is pretty cool. So it's like uh, you're you seem to live that across all disciplines as i am I just gonna, yeah. I'm gonna be it open just, to it.
1: things came along opportunities came along and i grabbed them and i'm happy with it and that's kind of showing me that you never know what comes and if you're so fixed on one area on one work spot i mean you might Miss the opportunity to get your better spot.
0: I think that is also excellent advice. And that is, you and look what it's brought you. You know, it's brought you uh, maybe a new career and it's brought you multidiscipline climbing and, you know, all these other things. And if you are aware of what your passions are, but not close to letting other things come in, then you get to be happy and successful. And I mean, you do seem to be, like you're really still enjoying uh, all aspects of the climate community and, and what's going yeah. on. So <laughs> it's, uh, you know you see people sort of eventually retire when they, but a couple seasons before, maybe they start to get a little bit grumpy or bitter about it. But if you can kind of keep that positive wave going, I mean, that's longevity. Like what do you, like your motivation comes from the sport, but is there anything else that you, Kind of do to stay motivated to stay healthy to stay on top of this game for you know a long time
1: i mean it's for me also a lot about the people around me i have really really good people around me supporting me making my life as an athlete actually possible Mm -hmm. i have sponsors supporting me without them nothing would work as it is now um and they actually they it's not just people working for money but it's they're all in it with passion and it kind of it just gets stuck on me as well like it gives me motivation if i see someone else is giving all they can um yeah and i think because climbing is just something so special not just competing but also the climbing community the the climbing itself with outdoor climbing with alpine climbing multi-pitch climbing you have everything it's so diverse um so i think it's just you you never have have enough so <laughs> you kind of even you always want or i always want more
0: <laughs> and i, yeah. I think it's, it's awesome that you said that you get motivation from people who are motivated or people being successful because I think there's a possibility that as a competitor especially that you're you have that "Mm, man like people I still want to be better but if you're motivated by the success especially of that younger generation that's starting to compete now as you said their energy is infectious and um, if it can fuel your energy level then I mean that's how you stay Competing against people that are that are coming up and bringing that energy, I think that's really cool. That that's the attitude that you're bringing to it. Is not like I don't know what to do about this group of people here, but you're saying, "Oh, look how look how motivated they are," and that's just giving me more drive to be more and more successful. So uh, I think that's just wonderful, and that's good advice for anyone else. Is this community is exactly as you say. That's there's so many people doing so many different things that you should be able to find. Some kind of passion and energy and, and level of support from people that you might compete against um, last weekend and next weekend again, and that doesn't mean that you can't go and share training tips and, and really go and enjoy hanging out in those sort of stops on the World Cup circuit where you get to see your international friends. Yeah, you
1: know, like that's
0: uh, that's
1: that's the, climbing. The that's the
0: that's why we love yeah.
1: it. Yeah, the friendships that build on competitions. They're so special. I mean, with uh, with Sder, for example, I've known her for such a long time. I've seen her in all different countries. Um, we've spent time together in all kind of, all different environments and it, it brings people together, which is nice. And it's something a lot of other people, or I would say like non-competitive climbers might not have the chance so i appreciate what i what i have
0: yeah and it's the you the, think of the places that you've been able to visit and, and then you get to share them with those people that you've known and this friendship that you built and um i saw both you and anna Klein for the first time in person uh in toronto in hamilton um when the, in, when we had our two world cups there and, and it was incredibly motivating to see that you know that the world cup elite had decided to make this stop over in Canada to come and climb and it was a real spark I think for a lot of young competitors in Canada to look and say I mean especially Sean McCall climbed well at those events too and say this is this is really special this is because of the there was less live streaming you know back then and now yeah. you've got this this v- sort of little peek into what it would be like and you sort of then people were hanging around and signing autographs and like it's also you're not you know sort of elite stars that get bustled off into limousines after the competition is over and you're mingling around and I think it was amazing to watch these kids be super excited to meet people um, and be able to say oh my god look who I met and sort of shyly asking for autographs and things and that must be really cool too is you, you get to see young climbers and it must be like that right. at other world cup stops
1: yeah definitely no oh, I really people recognize you
0: like, do people recognize you out and about at home?
1: Mm, sometimes, but not that often. But also, or the the people once they hear the name, then a lot of them make clicks. But um, it's funny because they always say like, "I look so different in in real life than normally." <laughs> and most of the times, they also say I'm much shorter shorter than they expected. <laughs>
0: I think that's actually true for a lot of climbers because the perspective of a bouldering wall is very difficult, especially on TV. Yeah. And if you only ever watch people compete, you're like, "Well, how tall is a climbing wall?" And everybody looks like they're like making big moves, looks very yeah. dramatic. And there's so many world cup competitors who are like under five foot. You know, men are all like five nine, and the women are all like five six. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. So yeah, they don't uh, even think of that. I could be an athlete or anything.
0: Like, wow, who's that? Who's the short girl over there that's going to try climbing? Like, well, I might be pretty good at it.
1: Yeah, I actually once went to a climbing gym and they asked me if I, I wanted to rent some shoes and material. I'm like, nah, I'm good. I have my stuff.
0: You should have said yes. You should have just said, yeah, sure. Uh, you know, what's, is that a chalk bag? Can I try that too?
1: Oh, what's that? What's that powder here?
0: <laughs> yeah, you're like, what? Can I try this one over here? And they're like, oh, that's a bit difficult. You should maybe start slow. And you're like, no, no, let me just try it. Ah,
1: I'll try.
0: <laughs> see how yeah, it goes. I have done that. Next time. Next time. Next time. Next time. <laughs> uh, well, I really appreciate you taking the time to hang out and chat with me today. I think it's really cool to get to know a little bit more about sort of how you got in and how you stayed in, in climbing. So uh, I really do appreciate that. So thank you for that. And I do have, I have, have ten more questions here and they are, they're quick. These are sort of like easy answer. Don't give it a ton of thought, but they're just like, I'm asking everyone that I interview the same questions. So we're just building up a little repertoire of things that are not necessarily related to climbing and just a little bit more. (laughs) Okay. Ready? Yes. Okay. No pressure. So first question, what sport are you the best at besides climbing? Gymnastics. Okay. Uh, If you had to choose, would you rather go climbing out in the desert or climbing out in the mountains? Mountains. What's your favorite thing that you like to cook for yourself?
1: Cake. Nice. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, What is maybe an odd or interesting fact that not everybody knows about you?
1: Ooh. I was European champion, youth European champion in boxing. What?
0: <laughs> that is excellent. Take note. Don't get into a fist fight with Petra. What is your favorite place that you have visited?
1: Um, oh, that's a hard one. City or, I mean, ooh. I don't know. There's so many beautiful places and so many I want to still go. Um, Okay, the first which popped into my mind was Montreal.
0: Nice. I will take that. Montreal, ladies and gentlemen. Awesome. Um, Rain or snow? Snow. Nice. Uh, What's something that you're like really psyched on right now?
1: I'm psyched on baking um, chocolate mousse cake tomorrow morning for my roommates.
0: Nice. Tomorrow morning. That's awesome. (laughs) Uh, What is your go-to boredom breaker?
1: Boredom breaker?
0: Yeah, like when you're bored, what's your go-to? I'm going to go do this to not be bored. Train? (laughs) Take it.
1: Other than that, cooking. Other than that, I discovered um, playing uh, escape room games with my roommates.
0: Nice. Okay. Would you rather be the driver or the passenger? Driver. (laughs) Okay. Uh, What movie makes you cry every time?
1: Hard. I don't cry that often. <laughs> um. hmm. Okay. Do uh, do you know Untouchable? The Untouchables. The, is it the Untouchables? It's like the one man in a wheelchair.
0: No, I'm not familiar.
1: Uh, it's a different name in, in, in English. The Upside? Okay. I think. Okay. Well, there I lo- uh, I cry because I have to laugh. Does that count?
0: That counts. Absolutely, that counts.
1: Okay. <laughs> right.
0: Um And then the last one. What profession, other than your own, would you like to try out?
1: That's a good one. Try out. Ooh, a dolphin tamer.
0: (laughs) That's good. That's good. That's good. Um, That's awesome. I I really do appreciate your time today and it was really cool chatting with you.
1: Yeah, it
0: was fun. Great success in um, the next time the world cup comes back around soon it's going to start up again next year. And then we'll be looking for you to have uh, equally great success, uh, in the Olympics.
1: Thank you.
0: And then in, uh, I mean, whatever, I feel like you're the kind of person that everything that you take on, you would be successful in. So, you know, I, I'm sure we'll see you <laughs> come back around in some form.
1: Some form. Yeah. So awesome. As long as I'm happy with doing what I do. I'll be successful, whatever rank it will be.
0: I totally believe that. That's fantastic (laughs) attitude, fantastic advice. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, Petra, wonderful to chat with you. Thanks Thanks a lot.
1: Was fun.